feature presentation. Welcome back to the 8th Best Movie Podcast in Canada. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. He is the Ellie to my Joel, or am I... Or is he the Joel to my Ellie? Or the Randall to your Dante or Dante to your Randall. Yeah, everyone go check out our Clerks 3 review and our Don't Worry Darling review we just posted. And a bunch how to blow up a pipeline. There's so many TIFF reviews. Go check those out. Uh, Still so many to do. (laughs) Over on Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, We weren't going to do... a main episode uh, this week because we just put out our big TIFF wrap-up episode, which you guys can also go check out. It's the previous episode where we talked about everything we saw at the festival and kind of rank our favorites and least favorites. But Eric, it is time we get to talk. Like I haven't talked about it enough on the show over the last However many years, 10 years we've been doing this uh, on different various podcasts and different things. I say it is time like it's released, but um, it's time because we finally got a full length trailer uh, for The Last of Us. So that's going to be a main thing we talk about on this episode. And I had to do at least a little mini episode and mini for us could mean an hour, could mean three hours, (laughs) four, five. Who knows? How are you? I'm good, Matt. Uh, I'm excited because today I get to see Smile. But before that, I get to talk to you about The Last of Us. Uh, the Last of Us Day was uh, yesterday or the day September before. September the 26th every year. Yep. I don't know. What, no, it was yesterday. How time yeah. works. Depending on when you're listening to this. Yes. September 26th yes. is uh, what used to be called Outbreak Day. Uh, they nixed that name after we had a legitimate outbreak. Uh, Probably in the for world. the best. Um, so now it is just uh, called the Last of Us Day. Um, probably a smart, um, a smart uh, thing to do. Uh, usually every year you get like some merch drops. You get, you know, um, an, an announcement maybe based on little things here and there, a board game or something that they're doing. Um, but uh, I had a feeling when we reviewed The Last of Us Part 1, uh, the video game, so you guys can check out uh, my review on The Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2, which we did on this channel, something we don't do very often, but again, my favorite video games of all time and very cinematic video games, so you guys can check those out. Um, I did predict, Eric, that we were going to get a trailer on The Last of Us Day. Uh, probably was an easy um bet on my part and it did come true we got a trailer yesterday um and you made I some was, easy money yesterday i Matt. didn't bet on anything you but fool. i wish i did i wish i did <laughs> you fool um should we get like right into that you want to shoot the shit for a little while what, what do you want to do matt we are shooting the shit we're shooting the shit yeah. and- what's new with you i mean we talk all the time we talk for about three hours this morning recording other yeah. things matt i just told um, you i'm seeing smile tonight it's nearly yeah. two hours long. Why? You're fi- you're fixated on this. You, Why? You know, I, I, we're fixated on runtimes a lot. Um, but for a but, high concept horror movie that's about a smiling demon or possessing creature of some sort or ghost or whatever. Is it one creature? I, it reminds me of It Follows where it, like the smile transfers. The smile right. is like the Or STD, Truth or Dare, right? the Blumhouse movie. Happiness um, is a sexually transmitted disease. Um, <laughs> I, I or mean, infection, I, w- I guess is what they're called. I wouldn't uh, put it past them. I just, I'm, I'm boggled and baffled and befuffled by uh 
smile being nearly two hours. What I'm trying to say is we'll have a review. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to review smile. I'm going to go see it tonight as well. I've been trying to convince Nevis uh, to go see it with me. Uh, I have not been succeeding. Um, one of her biggest fears and the thing she hates in horror movies is jump people. Yeah. Jump scares and creepy people smiling. So I'm like, maybe, and she's like, if you weren't going away to New York this weekend for a night, maybe I would have because you'd be here. And I, she's like, I can't be alone in the house after seeing that movie. So um, I've barely seen any trailers from it. I had, I did see a clip on YouTube that spoiled some of the jump scares and they look ridiculous and fun. So I don't know. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I'm not like expecting um, a masterpiece or anything, but like, the ridiculous way they commit to the most absurd jump scares, even in that short clip that I saw um, with these creepy people smiling and also shout out to their like promotional team for everything that they've been doing lately, where they've been placing people with creepy smiles, like in different locations on TV. So like uh, we're at the end of the baseball season right now. So a lot of eyes are on baseball and they bought seats behind the, the home plate. And just had people with creepy smiles look at the camera from behind the like batters um, the whole time. And they also did it on like the Today Show, I think, in the in the crowd. So wherever like cameras are showing people in the crowd, they're placing people and just having them do creepy smiles. And I think that's a very clever marketing gimmick, especially for this movie, just to go for especially for people who don't know what the fuck this movie is um going why is this terrifying person just smiling in the background and then you google it and you find the movie like it is one of the more clever movie marketing uh kind of things i've seen lately especially from like a horror movie and stuff like that have you seen any of that eric yeah it's it's a good gimmick i mean you also showed me during tiff that there was uh, before it played at fantastic fest that there was a review or sort of write up from the director or the producer's friend saying like oh sure. this is like a, a yeah. great movie to include with all the recent sort of horror output and it's just like okay but then like, he know, did follow that. up saying he was best friends with the director so yeah, yeah that, so take that, that wasn't a assault i don't think that was from the br team that was just one of his friends uh saying how great his movie was which, that would have sure. been funny if it was from the pr team though <laughs> Yeah, I I'm, mean, um, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, it's I'm, spooky season. I'm I'm here for it. I'm down for it. I just wish that it was 90 minutes or less because it kind of feels like that's. Hey, good movie is good movie, Eric. I will go in. You know me. Like I, I do like the bitch about run times with you. Quite if it was three too, hours, right? would you still feel the same way? Black Panther. The news came out that it's two hours and 41. Um, but I understand the which reasoning is, for that. Oh, yeah, I, I do too. Smile. Um, I don't understand why it's two hours. Uh, you're about to find out tonight why it is. Yep. So one hour and 55 minutes smile. Um, you know what? Go in with an open mind and an open smile, Eric, and, and maybe you'll have a good time. Well, you know what did put a smile on my face? The Last of Us trailer. I like your transition. I was going to go into more runtime conversation, but let's just do it. Um, yes. Yesterday on The Last of Us Day... Uh, HBO, uh, Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann all uh, dropped the first teaser, a first official teaser um, for The Last of Us uh, HBO series. So we did get a brief look at footage during that HBO kind of sizzle reel um, that we got right as Hot D was premiering. 
Um, but it was really just like a couple seconds and um, just said that it was coming in, in 2023, which we all assumed. Um, yesterday, we get a full trailer running at a minute and 48 seconds. So it was a, a, a still a brief teaser, um, but got our first look at basically what the show is going to look like and be. Um, Eric, everyone knows my opinions on The Last of Us, and we'll get to that. Um, but what did you, as someone who has only heard it secondhand from me, knows about the game, knows the concept for the most part about Joel and Ellie and their adventure? Um, what did you feel just as someone who likes HBO shows and just likes movies and TV shows? What did you think of the trailer? I'm curious to get your thoughts. I liked it. I, it's one of those things where watching the trailer, um, I was reminded of other movies and TV shows that have been influenced by it in the last decade or so, whether it be the the Maze Runner series or It Comes at Night, um, things like that, where it's like, okay, you can see where like The Last of Us has influenced other forms of, of, of medium, whether it be film or television or or anything in between in the same way that like, you know, older texts like John Carter of Mars influenced, you know, Star Wars to a certain degree. So this is like, you know, the, the original text coming to the screen. And um, it also kind of feels like its influence is borrowing very much from Cormac McCarthy. And that's kind of what I got a little bit of as well. Like that kind of the road, the road vibe, yeah. you know, and, and kind of a dystopian um, sort of scenario and not, the walking dead, which is a good thing. I, I, I feel like that could be an obvious comparison, but it, it, it looks a little bit more sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for with being, and Bleak also being polite. Or, no, 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 or, no. It's, it's, it looks a little bit more thought like, out, a little bit sure. more fulfilling in terms of its And we like its Robert design. Kirkman, and and and, yeah. and The Walking Dead was a very successful and I think solid comic book series. It's just, but it's a um, it's a boilerplate kind of series where it's like more okay, is popcorn entertainment, right? Rather than, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just I didn't really vibe with The Walking Dead, um, where The Last of Us is maybe trying to do something more. It feels like it is on like it's working on more of an epic scale in terms of how the societal collapse is kind of happening within this teaser and like seeing someone like Melanie Linsky pop up. Who yeah, just, I had no idea she was in it. She's awesome in 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 um, Yellow, Yellow Jackets, Jackets and, yeah. and you know, I like her and everything that she pops up in. So um, that was definitely a pleasant surprise for me. Do you too. know who she's playing? No. So I think there were like an article came out today that kind of um, she might be like the leader of a uh, like a militia or here on Wikipedia. Who knows if that's true? They do cite sources, which is from Entertainment Weekly. So um, this probably is true. She's playing Kathleen, the leader of a revolutionary movement in Kansas City. Kathleen is an original character for the show. So she was not in the game. That's why I wasn't sure who she was playing. So that, you know, I mean, that's a great jumping off point, Eric, because obviously everyone, I fucking loved the trailer. I cannot wait. It's probably my most anticipated thing of next year. And we'll talk about when we think it's coming and all that stuff at the end of this. But 
Um, yeah, the Melanie Linsky thing popping up as a brand new character, um, I think is something that really excites me. Like in the game, they talk about Joel's kind of background. So basically this isn't spoiling anything, but you know, the opening episode of this show will deal with basically the night the outbreak happens and everything goes to hell. And then the story does jump forward 20 years, um, after the outbreak, um, at least in the video game, I don't. I'm assuming it'll be a similar timeline in, um, in this. Um, but maybe because of Pedro Pascal, maybe they only jumped ten years. I have no idea. Who knows? But there is a time jump where everything is now, basically, the world's gone to shit. Uh, there's quarantine zones. Those have all kind of gone to shit. Most of them, and like uh, these different groups, like one is called the Fireflies, which is in the trailer, you see them painting over one of their logos and they're kind of a militia group that goes off on their own to try to find a cure and all this stuff. And that's kind of how the story kicks off. But then Joel also had a history as like a, a smuggler during those 20 years and kind of had a shady past that we don't know a ton about, but we know that he did some not so great things. And that brings up a lot of that Cormac McCarthy thing where, you know, the scariest thing in in an apocalypse like this aren't necessarily the zombies or I know the road didn't have any of that, but but that's George us. Romero too, yeah, right? Like too, the creepiest thing. The humans are, yeah. are the the you know what people will do in times like this are of kind desperation. of desperation. Yeah, and and Joel has that past, so I think maybe who Melanie Linsky's playing is maybe someone uh, who is part of that you know uh, a group that kind of is going against the government or maybe doing some shady things during those times, and maybe um, they flesh that out a little bit more, which excites me. Um, there's other people we didn't even necessarily see in the trailer, like Graham Greene and, and and other people. Jeffrey Pierce, who plays actually Tommy in the game. I don't know if we see him in this, but we see brief shots of, uh, you know, Storm Reed, who's playing Riley, which will be flashback sequences. She's one of Ellie's uh, best friends who was part of uh, some DLC, which is downloadable content, Eric. So uh, it was basically a story that came out so after sort of The drug? Last of Us. Um, and uh, we know that those flashbacks will be in there. We saw Nick Offerman as Bill. Um, I think there's a brief shot of Bill holding hands with his partner, Frank, which is played by Murray Bartlett. Uh, you see them drinking wine at a, at a dinner table. You don't see their faces, but it looks like that's them. So uh, Frank in the game, you never see him. You only hear about Frank and you do sort of see him, but it, with a, I don't want to spoil anything, but like it's, the way that you he's in the game is not how they're showing in the show, which I think is interesting as well. Uh, Merle uh, Dandridge plays Marlene, which is the character she also played in the video game. So that was interesting seeing her pop up there. I don't think you see Gabriel Luna in the trailer, right? Who plays Tommy? Which I thought is, there was uh, like Joel's a quick brother. flash quick shot of, of him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously seeing uh, Pedro Pascal and, and Bella Ramsey as Joel and Ellie, like, I'm shocked at how much of this trailer looks like it's ripped straight from the games, but in real life and like, you know, having Neil Druckmann's name front and center, like um, basically feeling like it's going to be extremely faithful to that first game while still kind of doing its own thing, which is, you know, we've seen. Oh, and also Anna Torv plays Tess, who we see in a couple brief shots as well. Um, but also doing its own thing, like with the Melanie Linsky character and having um, uh, uh, Murray Bartlett play Frank. 
where I'm still like, oh, I think they're going to like flesh out some of the stuff that they maybe didn't get into into the game because like it's a conversation we've had quite a bit where it's like, all right, you know, the game is 15 hours long or so. A lot of that is gameplay uh, and the gameplay will be the action sequences in, in the show. And we see, oh, we see a clicker. There's a brief shot of a clicker. And we also hear the, the iconic sound if you played the game of those clickers. Oh, that's um, another thing is, is a quiet place where it was like, oh, I can yeah. see that John, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, Krasinski and, and those guys. Quiet uh, place is very last Woods of us at times. Yeah. Took um, from that. And all of those things you've mentioned, I have mentioned The Last of Us in our review of those yeah. movies. And you can and, see it, you know. Yeah, and you can see it now seeing this be made into a, a television show, a big-ass budget HBO show, and it feels like that. Um, you can definitely see that um, influence on those other things. So uh, I think, you know, Pedro Pascal is Joel. Again, when this casting came out, I remember being like, huh, Okay, not who I pictured as Joel and Ellie, right? Um, but I think like hearing Pedro Pascal in that first brief uh, teaser we got back in that sizzle reel and then seeing Bella Ramsey in context in the same clothes Ellie's wearing in the games. And although she doesn't necessarily look like the Ellie um, we have in the games, um, I really think that this trailer kind of nailed the vibe of everything like and and really feels like it's ripped from the game and being faithful, but still feels like it'll be its own thing. And um, I'm just so excited for it. And I know it's something we've talked about a lot, Eric, and I'll let you jump in again. But, um, you know, some people go, well, what's the point of this? And I go, well, it's the same thing I've said over and over again, where I'm like, you will be able to watch this and 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 want to watch this and I'll be able to talk about it with you. And even though I know the plot points that might be coming up and things like that, but like I'm excited to share this with people who don't play video games. And that's the excitement for me. And also just seeing it like movies are my favorite medium, right? Like I love video games and I love cinematic video games, but I also love movies and television more. Um so to see it get adapted in a faithful adaptation and something my mom will watch, something you will watch, something Nevis will watch, like that excites me um, that I get to talk about that and you guys experience and hopefully it lives up to, you know, me talking about it for the last 10 years. And I hope people don't go, oh, that story was actually, you know, derivative or or just kind of what I expected or something like that. Like, I hope it holds up to what those experiences I had playing this game multiple times. So like everything I've seen, it looks fantastic. I think the budget looks there. Um, there's some great shots in that trailer. The clicker looks great. I didn't know how that would translate to live action. I don't know. It looks like it's a mix of practical makeup and CG that they'll be using for the, for the clickers and stuff like that. So I am absolutely thrilled. And I went on a 10 minute monologue there so you can come back and jump in, but no, I, I, it means a lot to you. And, and like hearing you talk about it after having watched the trailer now and, and having listened to you over the years, uh, you know, talk about it. It's like, it's finally coming together because this thing has been in various forms of development Sam over Amy was going to produce it. At it was going to be a film or a film series. And now it's, you know, becoming a TV series. And even, you know, that's going to be interesting to talk about as, you know, the show begins to air because like, 
you know, how much of it is going to, you know, break in terms of the continuity, but also how is it going to play out with, you know, the, the whole 15 hours of gameplay versus a narrative season or seasons. Of 10 hours of television. Yeah. Yeah. And then even, you know, the last of us part two and how that incorporates in, into the storytelling. I mean, you mentioned the narrative jump and, and even just watching a lot of dragon ball and dragon ball z and how that show uh has a lot of narrative jumps uh, it at just jumped seven years in, for me again <laughs> yeah in in in, in certain um, hot d seasons. right now man hot d another uh game of thrones show which i know you're not watching eric and this doesn't spoil anything for anyone but it is jumping like the most it's dragon ball z on crack when it comes to time jumps because like they're just like episode one, episode two, jump three years, episode three, jump four years. Okay. Now we're staying here for another year. Uh, okay. Episode five is now we're going to jump 10 years and they're new actors. So like that's the stuff. And I had this conversation with Nevis where, yeah, there's that 20 year time jump at the beginning of this, which I think we'll just see a, probably a slightly de-aged Pedro Pascal. Those is, I don't think they'll really de-age him. I think they'll just dye his hair all black instead of having some gray in it. Um, and I think they'll just make him look slightly different, but with makeup, I don't think they'll actually de-age him twenty years. But um, yeah, then we know after... what he looks like twenty years younger. We've seen him yeah. in that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure. So I mean, maybe they'll just use footage from that. Um, and <laughs> I hope not. Um, but then we know HBO also not afraid of recasting with, especially with you know Hot D right now uh, casting multiple actors in, diff- in the city the same role so i'm curious again not spoiling anything that after part one ends it does do another time jump and um ellie is much older so um i don't know if that's a spoiler um but i don't think it is <laughs> but anyways people you see her on the cover of part two it's out there so that's not a spoiler um it's I'm in a weird territory now going, OK, well, obviously the show could be completely different. Like the ending of season one of the show could be completely different than the ending of part one, the game. Right. Um, I have a feeling it won't be. But I'm also curious of if this season one will do the whole first season uh, or the whole first part of The Last of Us part one um, or if it will only be a part of part one and then second season. Like my theory was there's a. Uh, an event that happens in the game where it jumps from uh, fall to winter. Um, and that's where I thought they might end season one, but people have been looking through the footage in the trailer and they're like, it kind of looks like it might adapt the entire, um, you know, first game, which is wild to me, like in one season. Um, and then I'm like, do they jump to part two or are we going to get basically, brand new stuff between the end of part one and the beginning of part two, where the show kind of fills that in by continuing it over because they don't want to recast Bella Ramsey or, or maybe they do recast Bella Ramsey and they jump into an older Ellie for, um, for part two. But um, I'm very curious to see where they'll end this season one, but um, the quality man just looks like it has that HBO polish on it. Even from this trailer that I'm like, Oh, they're going all out for this. And like, I'm so glad it's HBO doing it right. That it's not like a, no offense to a Netflix or a prime video or, or, you know, 
I don't know who else would have maybe tried to make this, Apple. but an AMC even, I guess is walking dead on AMC. They wouldn't have done yeah. it. Um, I'm thinking like better call Saul and all that stuff. Like what other premium FX or something like that too. Apple would have actually probably been fine, but um, who knows? But I, HBO just has this kind of vibe to it that completely works. And I feel like uh, I'm all in on this and I can't wait to, you know, talk about this with my, with you and my mom and Nevis every week. Yeah. I also feel like it's one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, the, the, the first game is at least more than one season, because if it's a series and not a mini series, you know, you, you can kind of extend that for a little bit longer. And I'm sure also Neil Druckmann has a lot of like, backstory and stuff that didn't even make the game that you could probably narratively adapt into the series as well or kind of go off on you know um one-off episodes or, or things like that um but you know having two game of thrones alumni in you know this show as well and and to your point with like the the time jump thing i could see you know season maybe th- three being the one where it's like they recast you know uh ellie and then kind of do season or or the last of us part two because i don't think it's going to be a show that lasts more than probably four or five seasons because of how probably expensive it is to make and maintain and even if it does do well which it probably will you know like you you hear about you know hot d and and game of thrones and and even past shows like rome on hbo all kind of having you know maximalized budgets when it comes to like you know eight to ten million dollars an episode and um you know it's hard to sustain that even when you are a very popular series so i could see them kind of having maybe not everything mapped out but a good idea of like how long they want to go and probably by the end of the first season you'll know matt specifically like where things are headed in terms of you know, are they going to go to, you know, part two for season two, or are they going to still be in part one for season two? And so like those things will probably become much clearer to you and near episode six, seven, eight, probably. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, and you'll be able to kind of understand where that's going faster than, you know, someone like me who's watching it for the first time and being like, okay, like these are the character beats and the moments and things like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see, how it all comes together. But again, I just don't see it lasting longer than, you know, four or five seasons at the max, but it also kind of feels a little bit like the way that Damon Lindelof approached Watchmen, where it kind of was both respecting the original text, but then kind of adding to the world building and, 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 and fleshing things out. Totally. It could be a two season thing, dude. They could just be maybe adapting part one and part two, right? Like that could easily be their trajectory like look at the watchmen one and done um you know leftovers wasn't incredibly successful for hbo but like it kind of it found its footing and rebooted a couple times and and eventually just told the story it wanted to but yeah i'll be fascinated to see what they do if it's like extremely popular like game of thrones level popular like especially how well hot d is doing as well and if this comes off the coattails of that and um, you know, that will end much earlier probably, but this could maybe lead into the second season of hot, hot D I'm not sure, but, um, I, uh, yeah, I could, I'm with you where I could see it going 
four seasons. You do two seasons on part one and two seasons on part two. Um, and then you could continue the story even after part two, but that really depends on if Naughty Dog plans on doing a part three, uh, which I assume they will do. Um, there's also a new Last of Us game that they're working on, which is a multiplayer game that's supposed to be we're going to hear more about next year, probably around the time that this this show comes out to capitalize on that. And basically, it's a multiplayer specific game where you go online and it's a basically a massive multiplayer game where you partner up with other people and you're all survivors and there's just this big open world and you you know it's it's story based but very uh cooperative and stuff like that we don't know many details about it but it almost sounds like um you know uh, it'll have raids and different things like that people who play games know what i'm talking about like um like a destiny or uh i guess the, the tom clancy's the division is a good comparison where that is a, a post-apocalyptic game about you're like in a basically a militia that goes around in a in post-apocalyptic new york and and do missions and stuff like that so that's coming out too so i could also see that maybe you tell the story of part one and part two and then if it is incredibly successful like this is a world you could tell other stories in too, right? Like it doesn't have to be Joel and Ellie's story, which is like Star Wars, um, right? Get away from yeah. the Skywalker saga after establishing and, it. And I think that's a great point because I know a lot of people who are huge fans of this game that go, I don't need to see Joel and Ellie's story again, right? And then I make that argument of like, okay, but this isn't necessarily, it is for you. It's for the fans, but it's also for people who never experienced this story before and it is a great story. So let's get it in front of more people's eyes. So I think they might know that and then go, well, and all those people were like, well, why don't you just tell a story in the last of us world? That's not about Joel and Ellie. Like sure. Joel and Ellie's story is, is, but there's gotta be other super important stories that are taking place in this world. Cause this is very central on two characters. Right. Um, and the fireflies they establish the uh what's the group in the second game the uh wolf something forget um it's been a little while and i've been playing a lot of part one um i i think you could then spin this off like they did with hot d of telling other stories in the last of us universe and i think that might be even the idea going in but even though that this story might even be one or two seasons maybe four or five at the max like it is a world that if people buy into this world that there are other stories to tell and there's even other stories that have been told in the games through environmental storytelling of you're picking up notes and reading about other survivors and there's other families and other people that lived in these other sections and you get all these kind of side stories in the video game through you collecting stuff so there's already like a you know ton what that of stuff I, just, in. I just want to cut yeah, you off there please, for a second because you know what in. that reminds me of it, it, again going back to alan moore um there's that sequence in v for vendetta where natalie portman's character is in the prison cell and she reads the note that's kind of hidden in the cell and it gives the backstory to two women falling in love and being separated by the government and then it, it that was i think i think that was imogene poots's first film role and so like that's kind of what it was what you're describing reminds me of. Yeah. And that's exactly um, how, you know, Frank's story, which is the Murray, Murray Bartlett character in this, you learn about Bill and Frank through notes 
in that game. So they're already giving you some of that in the show. And there's a whole, Oh God, what's the character's name? Um, it's like Ike. No, not Ike. Um, last of us side story. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking of was the Washington liberation front, which is again, a militia paramilitary group in the second game that they could, um, uh, tell some in here. I'm trying to find people are going to be yelling at me. Um, side story through notes. Um, I'm just blanking on the character's name, but there's this whole, uh, uh, side story of this character in these other survivors that are in, uh, the last of us. And I think that's maybe you could even pull from some of that. Right. So, uh, yeah, man, there's so much that they could do, but I really am just, Oh, ish. I said, Ike it's ish. So Ish's story from the last of us, um, is really interesting. Like you go through all these different areas and you follow basically his whole path of how he was surviving and who he helped out and what he was dealing with. And I think you could spin off and do uh, Ish's story. You could do different things like that. And each season could be some other group of survivors or something, or you could just do a whole continued story on something else. So it almost sounds weirdly like after sun in a weird way where like, Mm. you know, you have the main character of that film looking back at a key moments of her life as a kid growing up and revisiting it through um, the framing device of, of VHS and not necessarily, um, you know, notes, but like that yeah. same kind of concept where you, you know, the person that's reading it is kind of filling in the blanks of the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we will get some of that in the show, even just to show other people's stories through stuff they find. Like a lot of, you know, Ellie is inquisitive and, you know, she was born during you know, she, she doesn't know what the real world was like, right? Cause she was born after outbreak day. So she's kind of learning what the world was like, um, through those notes and through comic books and different things like that. So, um, that'll be interesting as well to see how they handle that. If there's going to be more flashbacks to present day or the real world, not real world, but you know, before it went to shit, um, That'll be interesting if we get more of Joel's life because the game really picks up as the outbreak's happening and you get a little bit of backstory through the opening sequence, but, um, and through, you know, his relationship with Ellie throughout the game. But, um, yeah, I, I cannot wait, man. So I'm now I'm just hypothesizing when are we getting this? Like the teaser comes now on The Last of Us Day. You could make an argument that we're not getting it until next Last of Us Day, next September. But I think that's a long time to wait. But well, you gotta think as well. Okay, this is this is more so to do with like the industry side of things. Pedro Pascal right now is also doing the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian season three is coming up what at the end Which of the year? He can mostly just do a voiceover on. Like he doesn't necessarily have to be. Right. There. But I'm talking more about like press junkets and sure. stuff like that as well. And that show's going to probably start a fourth season at some point um in in the near future. So you know, scheduling wise, he's probably got other things he wants to do as well and also taking time off. So it might be something that it's like, okay, well, maybe the Mandalorian will have influence on when The Last of Us will air. So maybe it's something that will be like, okay, well, if it's coming, you know, in in the late fall, in the winter or the, the end of this year uh, with The Mandalorian, 
maybe the last of us is something where it's like, okay, well let's give some breathing room and cause the comparisons will be there as well. Right. I mean, with the whole, you know, the, the father figure taking care of, sure. you know, the adopted child. Um, and so I could see the last of us being a show that kind of maybe starts late winter, early spring. You mentioned um, if it were, you know, to play at a film f- festival, it might be South by Southwest. That might be a Which good is in sort of March. launching off point. Um, or yet yeah, to, to, to what you just said, you know, it could be something that is a fall premiere, although it, it seems like something like that you'd want to get a head start on. So, yeah. So let's look at, I'm going real nerdy in this. I agree with everything that you said. Let's look at HBO this year, 2022. So we had Euphoria season two and the Righteous Gemstones both premiere January 9th. So that was your January stuff. Then you had mm-hmm. somebody somewhere on the 16th. Uh, you had Bill Maher and the Gilded Age premiered at the end of January. I think we are getting Gilded Age season two. I'm assuming another season of Euphoria is on the way, but usually that takes quite some time right i don't know if it's coming yeah the more time the better let's let's leave that show (sighs) sam levinson (laughs) um gemstones i think is continuing like it's it's going so i don't know if they've worked on a season three there um february you had painting with john i have no idea what that is and my brilliant friend season three never heard of that <laughs> so well that's um, an international show and painting with okay. john is with john laurie who also th- there was the uh fishing with john which was shows in the the late 90s where he's like a painter artist type he's actually in um the anthony bourdain doc um he's okay, kind of got cool. that gruff voice yeah 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 i do like that guy yeah, yeah, yeah um so february i mean february's looking pretty open like say some of these shows do come back like if euphoria you know and righteous gemstones let's look this up euphoria season three would be the next one um so they are working on that but i have no idea um if it's going to come out basically next year um and then you have in march winning time uh, undercurrent uh, winning time was the big show in March and then April the big shows were Barry and uh, Gentleman Jack the baby black lady sketch show uh, June Irma Vep and Westworld and then July the rehearsal um, God bless the rehearsal and then you kind of it was mixed until, uh, you know, White Lotus is coming. Uh, White Lotus just got announced basically a month before it came out saying, oh, it's coming October 30th. So this could just be like, oh, Last of Us is coming next month. <laughs> like randomly. But I could, I, could see, a, I could see an earlier date being established because this is, yeah. this is sort of like an Hot event D, series. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and Hot D premiered, a, a, what, six weeks ago or something like that, right? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I could see like that that February March is kind of what I'm feeling right now. So and that's exciting. Um, but who the hell knows? Um, I think South by Southwest premiering it there with the Texas tie-in with uh, with Joel. I think could be um, an interesting uh, place to premiere it, especially with like that talent that we've said like the, 
you know, very film festival friendly directors and stuff like that too, where, um, it kind of in South by Southwest always has like big TV premieres as well. And South by Southwest runs March 10th to the 19th. So if it had a late March premiere, um, that could kind of make sense. So I'm going to, it also helps out the film festival too, right? It could be like their version of the Fablemans where it kind of, you know, post pandemic kind of brings more people, um, you know, to the festival. Yep. So anyways, I can't wait. It looks awesome. Um, will I launch a last of us show? Maybe <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Uh, cause I know we'll talk about it on this show a lot too, but I might just want like a dedicated, I've always wanted to dabble in the after show of, of, you know, those podcasts that are very specific on one thing and and dive into that and i think that could just be fun every you got to think this is a sunday night show too because that's like you know that is prime hbo time um i would love to just jump onto that and, and do a recap right after each episode would be fun so maybe that'll happen i'm just saying i already have a name in my head um and maybe i'll launch that we'll see i love this fucking series so much so i can't wait for more people to see it um Anything else, Eric? We were just kind of recuperating after TIFF. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's not... I mean, we're going to New York this weekend. I don't know if we've, like, publicly talked about that other than, like, I tweeted it on on our channel. And, like, I think you mentioned it on one of those reviews that we did. Yeah. So, we're going to New York on the weekend for the New York Film Festival and attending the screening for White Noise, the Noah Baumbach movie starring adam driver and greta gerwig and that will be a conversation that we'll have once we are back and we'll also do a review for the film yeah so we went to the new york film festival together on your 30th birthday Mm -hmm. um i've gone once as press before which was almost nine years ago was nine years ago that i was 2013 right Mm -hmm. right after i met my wife um and I'm excited to go back. We haven't been to New York. We went to that quick jaunt over to Los Angeles last year, which was this I'm more excited for because LA was a blast. Um, but that seven hour flight each way in a 24 hour span was just not a great idea. Um, an hour and a half to New York, even if we have to get to the airport early and stuff like that is much easier and much more doable. So like I'm excited for the quick jaunt over to new york see a screening a party watch a press conference and we'll come talk about that on the next episode as well as like you mentioned review our one review from new york uh film festival this year i still put the branding <laughs> on there and everything <laughs> like we're covering it um but yeah i'm excited it, it's always fun to just kind of do these quick trips and get out and um i i love new york the city will i get some dunkin donuts absolutely will i get some taco bell breakfast possibly i've never had it i've really wanted to so that's kind of on my list you'll buy some blu-rays i'm assuming yes yes i mean i would love to do olive garden but we need more time (laughs) yeah i don't think we'll have any time for the Times square olive garden our number one restaurant in new york (laughs) highly rated (laughs) um i did yeah, uh, yeah classic um yeah because it will be our we haven't got our itinerary yet but it'll probably be pretty jam-packed up until like basically i'm landing a little bit earlier than you 
Yeah. Um, and then we'll have some time on Friday to kind of do some stuff most likely before we have to be at the premiere. Um, but I'm just excited to go back to New York. I really love that city. Yeah. It's, it's been, um, three years since I've, uh, the last time I was there and, um, the last time that I was, was for Noah Baumbach's marriage story. So, um, there's some symmetry there. Oh, being book were you? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, was that, that wasn't also at you, that was just a private thing. It wasn't at the, that, yeah, that was right? just, yeah. it, it was New York because I mean, Noah Baumbach, I think is most like, I'm, I'm sure he has a place in LA, but like he's sort of based in New York and part, I mean, both, I mean, marriage story is also based in both New York and LA, but there is that New York kind of grounding to the story. So I think that's why Netflix had that sort of late November, early December, um, awards consideration um, campaign at that point. So yeah, it's 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 always interesting to see like how things are decided, and this works actually really well. Also, because you know, in, in in past situations, we have seen the movies. So you know, in this case, we haven't, and that's kind of exciting as well. So we're you know that adds to the trip where it's like, oh, we get to see a movie we haven't watched yet, and you know, get to and we don't feel like. Uh... Uh, what was I going to say? Like shills for just, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. just trying to like, Oh, it's a trip. Like I know I've seen uh power of the dog or marriage story or something like that, but Aroma. I'll take the, or I'll take the free trip. But um, yeah, this, but if you like actually, the movie, I think that's, okay, Oh, I'm though, all for well, it again. Right. It, I'm I, whatever. If people are going to offer, take, take up these opportunities. Like, you don't, yeah. you're not going to get many of them. So um, I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I'm 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 excited for that. Other than that, I've been watching a buttload of Dragon Ball Z, Kai. Dragon Dragon um, Ball, Dragon which Ball we have we haven't got a Dragon Ball update in uh, in quite some time. This this time code is called New York City and Dragon Ball because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not making a separate time code. Um, I finished. I mentioned this to you already, but I'll just say it again. But um, because we do talk off air. Um, Do we? (laughs) I finished the Cell Saga, which was awesome. Um, Seven year time jump. I'm now in the World Tournament Saga, which is right before the Majin Majin Buu Saga. Majin Um, Buu with Babati and Deborah. So I am in the World Tournament Saga just absolutely loving the vibes. I love the cell saga. I haven't really talked about it because I watched it like kind of before and during tiff. So we haven't really had a chance to talk about it. Imperfect um, cell baby. Okay. Yeah. I, I love his gross little tail. I love his backstory that he has the DNA of all the world's most ultimate warriors. I must so he's absorb like, the yeah, androids. He's, he's part Goku, part Piccolo, part fucking everyone. And it was so cool. His origin. And when oh trunks, might be my favorite character in Dragon Ball Z. Love that motherfucker. He comes in, slices Frieza up those first moments. I'm like, kills uh, King shit. Cold. Yeah, King Cold. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Uh, love the Trunks character. So now even seeing Kid Trunks um, now is is awesome too. So I love future Trunks, but I also love Kid Trunks. Um, but so loved the Cell Saga. Got to that point again where I think I've been watching too much Dragon Ball Z at once. Where too much dragons, man. With right into yeah, that's true too. Um, and a lot of time jumps in both shows. Um, I 
going from the Frieza saga immediately into the Cell saga and watching them and binging them, I'm like, I, I remember people saying like, well, Dragon Ball Z is way more battle focused, right? Where Dragon Ball was more adventure and comedy focused. Um, I'm loving it because it's, you know, it's intense. It's action packed. The storytelling's ridiculous. Like uh, I'm, I'm having a blast watching it, but I think it was a lot at once. So why now that we've taken a step back after the cell saga and they've slowed things down a bit where in the world tournament saga really reminds me of OG Dragon Ball. And I really loved my time watching Dragon Ball. Like I liked the adventure nature of, of, of that show. And I'm feeling like with Gohan um, being in high school and training Goten and um, having everyone kind of just be at home with like Vegeta training trunks and uh, Goku RIP for the hundredth time is up with King <laughs> Kai. Um, and like, I just like that it slowed things down a bit where the earth has been at peace for seven years. Goku's just super Saiyan man and like fighting crime. And then you, and then I'm like, Oh my God, they're going back to the world tournament. We're getting another world tournament saga, which is what we got from OG dragon ball multiple times. I'm like, this is exactly uh, fucking, this is exactly what I wanted at this moment. Cause I was so overwhelmed with Frieza and cell back to back that I'm like, my eyeballs wanted to bleed. Well, the androids too, right? And the androids, right? Yeah. And so I just loved that they slowed things down. Krillin with hair, so oh unsettling, so <laughs> disturbing. Unsettling. The most is grosser than Frieza's tail. Or I had the, the action tail. figure of that Krillin. Did too. you? <laughs> yeah. I did. That's hilarious. And his arms um, were like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Krillin, but like I Krillin do too. With but with hair. hair? Um, I'm like, he's like, it is a funny joke where they're like, oh, I thought you were bald. He's like, no, I just shaved it <laughs> like all the time. It's like, oh, that's funny. Um, but I love the slow down kind of I love the split up between the kids uh, group uh, in the world tournament saga and the adult group. I love that you're bringing back all the world's best warriors that all just want to compete against each other in the world tournament saga and like official things. I'm at the exact moment where Goku has to fight Vegeta in the first round of the tournament. I'm like, that is perfect like that whole thing of like vegeta has always just wanted the best goku and now he has to officially uh, like fight him in the world tournament i'm like world martial arts tournament i'm like this is perfect and then you have fucking gotan and trunks putting on a costume and fighting like they're like the three kids in a trench coat kind of thing i'm like this is good shit right here. And I'm like, I'm loving the vibes and I'm no shit will hit the fan very soon. They just introduced um God, I love all the nomenclature they use in the show where there's always someone more powerful than the super powerful person that you know. So they're like Supreme Kai just got introduced or whatever. And I'm like, or Ultimate Kai or whatever. And um, I'm like, this is this is where Piccolo just he bails out. He's like, I'm not fighting this guy. And he's just like, I, I, I give up and like walked out and I'm like what is going on here? And then they reveal that it's like Supreme Kai or something. And I'm like, this is great. I'm having a blast. Um, I love this goddamn show and I love Goku as a character. And just, um, I just basically just, he is the, such a nice dude and he just wants to do the best thing. And I said, I wanted to write an article that said Dragon Ball has made me a better person. And I really think that like, I really genuinely the, these last couple months watching the show from this character who started out as this little 
you know, a little monkey kid um, at the beginning and, and throughout so many years of storytelling. Like, and I know that's a very classic anime thing too, of characters coming back, time skips, like characters coming back. But like, I've loved how even in this, you're seeing more Oolong and Master Roshi and other characters you haven't seen for ages and stuff like that too, that are all from Dragon Ball and from years of storytelling and things like that. And I'm just, uh, uh, I'm loving it. Loving it, Eric. And I know you're a little behind me because I, I could But I, I know it so well. Like up until I would say like halfway through the Majin Buu saga, I kind of know like every step and like every detail. And because I watched it so much and repeated it on on like I was just I was obsessed at one point where it's like I know like when and how horrifying you know Android 17 being absorbed by Cell was and thinking like this year like how it reminded me a little bit of that sequence in nope and it does yeah. um and you know like the cell games and and everything that goes along with that and kind of also kind of being bummed that even though you know it didn't really matter too much that king kai gregory and bubbles were killed in that explosion <laughs> yeah. where it's like Hilarious. it's weird that they never they never wished them back which is funny throughout those seven years that they're still technically dead um, oh because even, it was the first time that they died gregory yeah. and, and pickles or whatever yeah. his name is but um, i mean that's funny as well when they're trying to figure out like where they're gonna live after that and like it's 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 a blast it's one of those shows where it's like there's there's so many great moments throughout that it's like once you've seen it or once you've rediscovered it or if you're seeing it for the first time it's it's hard not to love and like it is addictive and like it kind of finds like the perfect sort of like spots to kind of really either hook you into watching the next episode or it just it's it's one of the most easy watches to kind of enjoy and and you know with kind of like the power level and the the hierarchy of dragon ball z always changing um it's always fun to kind of see like okay what ridiculous villain are they going to have because you think like oh well you know sell how how can you top sell you know that's everything in the show which is the best and they always find some ridiculous way to go this person's even more powerful so <laughs> this pink gumball <laughs> is the most powerful being <laughs> in the universe yeah so Fight they, it. Have to, <laughs> they have to keep doing that and it's the same thing but it's just it's ridiculous and they always find some interesting hook right even though if it is repetitive and and, and stuff like that like it's still is engaging and fun just to have on. So um, I can't wait because I'm also going to jump into super and this is just me. Cause like, I don't want to spoil things and different things like that, where I'm like, I really wish I could see that new movie in theaters. It's just, uh, I'm hoping the timing will work perfectly because it did get an IMAX release that like Cinesphere, like magically right after I finish watching super in like two months or whatever it is, like um, we'll play it at Cinesphere or something like that. But um, I'm holding off until I watch it all to go see that new movie, which people seem to like. Um, but I would have liked to see it on the big screen. I think that would have been fun. But yeah, I I I only know one person who saw it, and I haven't heard anything from them. My cousin uh, saw it, and and I think he liked it. I don't know. Um, he never talks to me, but um, he's a big <laughs> Dragon Ball fan, so you know the fans will go, and and it kind of shows that it's like it still has you know, hardcore fans that have been with it for, you know, maybe a decade plus and, and fans that are finding it now. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I rather have 
an animated movie than another live action film with Justin Chatwin. So, um, you, you know. know, someone is going to take a stab on it again. And like, I want it to be great or I want it to be good. Um, I personally would rather just invest in like a really great animated one like they did with super superheroes. So, um, but I, I don't know, someone will do it. And I will be horrified until I actually watch it because I'm so traumatized from that last one. So, oh, it's bad. Um, I think we should still do a commentary or something on it. I think that might be fun after I finish watching Z or you also finish watching Z. Um, I guess we could just do it now because it only handles Piccolo, right? Like, doesn't it? Like, isn't he? The well, it's, it's yeah. It's it's mostly. I mean, it's not even really true to the source Any material it, yeah so but like as in characters like it it don't piccolo is the bad guy but piccolo's it, right? not he's barely is he? in it though like yeah. it's, who's it's, the bad guy in it it was like a you like, watched it recently <laughs> yeah and i've already forgotten about it um oh, who was the villain i think it was like i think it was like another saiyan type character oh do the, they bring it that makes sense yeah. actually like if it's raditz or fucking kind of but um, it wasn't raditz like it wasn't like in namesake anyways dragon maybe i'll watch that tonight oh god no uh, matt why you're seeing smile it. tonight oh yeah i do need to go see smile so we're reviewing um, smile i i do really want to uh oh to got screener uh, invites for werewolf by night did i already fill that out while we were talking i did oh okay <laughs> um all right guys i think we're gonna wrap that uh mini episode um here unless eric there's any last words you want to say before you go see smile <laughs> i can't believe it's an hour and 55 minutes type right, 90 <laughs> man come on uh thank you all for listening or watching we really really do appreciate it we'll be back next week with an episode covering our hijinks in new york city um will we get sabaro or olive garden we'll see uh, i will get a giant dunkin donuts iced coffee because their large is large and i love it <laughs> um i love those american sugar coffee fish sizes. maybe if it's oh, not packed to the gills we, i know they opened a couple newer locations like there's not just that one anymore or right but there's another one on manhattan closer to where we probably are going to be i'd even be for getting the ta- like the the takeout box i've never gotten the the to go box i've only sat there will i right. wait three hours again i don't think so no but um but oh god sugarfish is good uh it was in cobra kai recently right or no i think it's in was it the rehearsal two. i thought the it was the rehearsal as well yeah. But it was also in Cobra Kai at one point, too. Just the best shows. Um, go check out all of our TIFF reviews and our other reviews over on Untitled Movie Reviews. We have lots of stuff up right now, like uh, our spoiler-filled review of Don't Worry Darling, as well as our spoiler-free review of Clerks 3, as well as all same of our movie. T- <laughs> basically. We gave the same ratings to both of them, both of us. So, um All of our TIFF 2022 reviews, like How to Blow Up a Pipeline, The Greatest Beer Run Ever, uh, Woman Talking, Pearl, Triangle of Sadness, Banshees of Inishirin, Empire of Light, The Whale, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, Bros, Brother, and Weird. Uh, I got to plug it all, Eric. So someone's going to be in there going, oh, I don't care about that. I do care about that so i will go listen or watch that i do care about Um, the greatest beer run ever (laughs) on apple tv this friday september 30th load it onto your uh, iphone for the plane ride baby (laughs) 
Uh, go check doing out a our... little more thinking and a little less gonna, drinking. I'm doing a little more drinking. Um, <laughs> uh, go check out our TIFF wrap up, which is the last episode, episode 132, um, as well as one stop shop for everything. Just ha- head over to Letterbox, which is untitled underscore movies. As always, uh, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com, and follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm King Eric. You can follow me on all the social medias at EM6211. And my video reviews are on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. I just wanted to change up the order. Until next time. Dragon Ball Z rules.